Welcome to the Finishing School podcast, a discussion with and for women about identity, transitions through life stages, how to figure out who you want to be when you grow up, and all the things we didn't learn about in school. In short, it's a sometimes spiritual, sometimes silly look at how to be a grown woman. Whether you're becoming a mom for the first time or about to be an empty nester, modern womanhood and motherhood is complex and the questions and conflicts we face with shifting roles and desires are many. Don't have your midlife crisis alone. Join me. I'm your host, Jessica Euler, and I'm stewarding this conversation on the brink of asking many of these questions in my own life. As my kids get older, my role as a mother changes, and as I have more time to reflect on who I am in the world, I'm surrounded by friends in the same boat. And I know if we're talking about these issues, odds are you are too. Hello, friends. Oh my gosh, it's been, well, I'm not really counting because, you know, that's just kind of depressing (laughs) these days to count how long it's been since we've done certain things that we want to do. But here I am right now in this moment. I don't know where my cord for my microphone is, so I'm using my laptop audio and I hope it's okay. But I'm showing up and I want to get this ball rolling again because I'm excited about this community. I'm excited about the conversations that I want to have and um, I want to keep going. So I hope you want to keep going too. And I hope you want to keep listening. And I have some really um, exciting guests. This is like season two, you guys. I mean, by default, this is season two because there was just such a big break. So here we are, season two of the Finishing School podcast where we can talk about what it means to be a grown-up in this world, a grown-up woman, uh, what it means to recover the woman inside of the mother. And as we transition through this phase of life out of young young motherhood, young childhood to um, whatever is next, right? So um, it was almost exactly two years ago that I recorded the very first podcast and, you know, then lots of transitions, Uh, worldwide pandemic. um, We personally in our family, we had a lot of transitions. We had our uh, oldest son graduate and um, what else? And then we had, you know, quarantine and everything that happened this year. Um, I mean, I think the biggest transition for us this past year is that after 15 years in our home, we've moved, which it's totally true what they say. It is the most stressful thing you can do. Or like, it's like what, I think it's in the top three of, you know, stressful life events. I concur. It is. Um, For us, it was several years in the making. We had been thinking about it for a long time. We loved our home, but um, there were just some things that we felt like we really needed as a family and wanted as a family and to be able to serve other people in our home the way we wanted to um, and to be able to serve our future family, um, whatever that might look like. 
and, and just us, honestly. I mean, especially with my husband and I both working from home uh, indefinitely, it was, we were, we were kind of bursting at the seams. So anyway, that's a very long story and it's a great story. And you can read the whole story on my Instagram account for the house at the Jasper Howe. That's H-O-W-E. And that's my house account. And the story of how the house came to be is on there. Um, it's a pretty amazing story with some surprises and a lot of providence. So I feel like this is such a good time to kind of start, pick up this conversation again, because, you know, moving into a new house, leaving our home of so long, a home that we worked so hard to make ours over the years, uh, it was very disorienting, even though this is such an exciting opportunity, even though we love the house that we're in and it's amazing. um, It's, you know, it's not ours yet. It's every wall needs to be painted every room needs to be updated, um, which is great. It's exciting. I'm totally energized by projects and I, I look forward to putting our touch on it, but it's, it's kind of overwhelming. Um, you know, coupled with a sudden shift in our family with two of our kids leaving home at once this fall, it was a lot to swallow. So there's the physical shift, um, you know, and then our family space has shifted, you know, literally with that physical shift and metaphorically with two of our kids leaving and all the family dynamics that change as a result of that and just kind of getting used to those new, new ways of being, you know, new ways of interacting with each other, new ways of interacting with our older kids over FaceTime or text or, um, you know, just having a different, a different sense of family and what holds us together and what brings us together. Um, so I've realized, you know, as we have been in this new space, it's really easy for things to slide, to ease up on family rhythms and touch points that have kind of held us together and have created community. And I've realized that I have to go back to the drawing board, both in the physical realm of creating this space and really starting from scratch because, you know, so much of like, even just the very practical realities of like, oh, well, we don't have the right furniture for this room or what we have doesn't fit here or, you know, things like that. So there's that aspect, but, um, but just the emotional space that I want to create in my home and the family culture that I want to create in my own, my home, um, that I really have to kind of go back and revisit and, and touch in, touch base and check in with myself about like, what do I want that to look like here in this new space? Um, so I've been pretty, like I mentioned, I've been, I've been feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Um, this space is like almost double what, well, not quite. It's not well, kind of, (laughs) um, it's a lot of space. It's a lot more space than we're used to. And there's, um, an apartment that we're finishing. Actually it's finished, but we're decorating it and, um, furnishing it so that it can be a long-term rental. And so that's been fun, but you know, it's, it's a lot of decisions and decisions are exhausting, especially when you have like gobs of them piled on top of each other, which I'm totally not complaining. It's all privilege and, um, I recognize that, but it's also 
it, it takes a lot of time and energy, you know? So I was lamenting to my husband the other day about, you know, this is all under the umbrella of, you know, parenting, um, having everybody home all the time, having my nine-year-old at home, not fully in school yet. He just started two days a week, which is amazing, but it means that the other three days a week, he's quote, independent learning, which means basically we're managing him all day long. So, you know, it's, it's all of that, right? It's like, and all of us are experiencing to some degree, um, like part of our life has been on hold for a year now, you know, aspects of our lives have been on hold. It's just kind of the reality. And so I know I'm not alone in that. Um, and I'm not special in any way, but I just kind of reached a breaking point and I was lamenting to my husband about how, you know, I just, I miss like doing work out in the world. I miss having influence. I miss, um, you know, feeling like I'm affecting change in the world in some way. And that I felt kind of stuck and I didn't want to be just stuck obsessing about throw pillows forever. <laughs> like that's kind of what I was doing. I was like pouring all my energy into like, are these the right lamps? Are these the right throw pillows? What's the perfect white? I mean, and those are all things that you just have to figure out when you're decorating a house. I know. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot more going on emotionally, but anyway, all of that to say, it just really got us both thinking about what matters and the importance of throw pillows. Like, do they matter? Um, and this is especially in light of, you know, everything that has happened this past year, um, all of the, the racial tensions that we've seen, the injustice that has just crushed us with how blatant it is and the political unrest, the division in our country, the inequity, um, you know, even just in how this pandemic is being handled, um, right? So in light of all of that, it made it, it made it feel especially trivial, to be honest, that I was like even thinking about throw pillows or what color to paint my walls. But what, what is a home? What, what is the importance of a home and what can be accomplished there? So I want to give a word of encouragement. Um, maybe this is for me, but maybe it's for you too, especially to young moms right now who are just in it daily. Like normally it is utterly exhausting to parent young children um, just on like a regular basis, um, all the things that you have to do, it's like, it's exhausting. It's, um, infuriating sometimes it's just laughable. The things that you find yourself doing, the things that you, um, the ways that you have to juggle 800 needs at once, and then also try to not go crazy yourself. Like it's hard. But right now it's even harder because we don't have our communities in person. We don't have, you know, play dates and library reading time and all the things that kind of help us get through. So it's next level. Um, 
you are champions if you if you are parenting young children at home. Um, I mean, we're all champions. We're all doing so much. Yay us. Um, so we're all spending so much more time at home. And, you know, maybe that means you have like undertaken house projects and your yard is looking amazing and, you know, whatever, like good for you. That's awesome. Or maybe it has just highlighted how many house projects you need to undertake. And, you know, maybe you've been staring at like, whatever, those shelves that need to get put up for the last year. It's, it's all good. Whatever you, whichever camp you're in. Um, but maybe you're just tired of your walls and your rooms and all of the management that goes into being home all day and taking care of your family. And you just might be feeling like, like I was in that moment, like, does this matter? Is this important? What am I doing in the world? And I just want to remind you and myself that it does matter. And it's not just the relational part that matters. It's not just the mothering that matters. It's the very real and tangible spaces that we create, the rhythms and the routines that we practice in our homes, the culture that we cultivate. It has far reaching effects and it speaks of truths much bigger than what we assume on the purpose, on the surface of things. Um, I'm reading this wonderful book right now that is super encouraging. It's called The Life-Giving Home. And so much of this has just really, these words have just resonated um, and ring so true to my spirit. And I just want to share them with you. So this is written by a mother and daughter. Um, I am like dreaming of having them on the podcast because I think they would have so much to offer. Um, this is the daughter, um, Sarah Clarkson. She says, one of the first obstacles I find in presenting a vision for the importance of home is the almost unconscious assumptions on the part of many modern people that home is inherently a sentimental notion and that beauty is peripheral to spiritual formation. Did you get that? Beauty is peripheral to spiritual formation, right? That's the assumption. She goes on, we discount our own homesickness as a form of weakness. We marginalize the beautiful. We dismiss the aesthetic as second class. We think of beautiful spaces and comforting traditions as spiritually unnecessary and underestimate the profound importance of a safe place for growing minds and souls. We tend to think of beauty as a niche interest in the Martha Stewart model of home in the impossibly Victorian sense of an idealized past space that belongs to childhood and is not central to the happening realm of the modern adult. To me, this speaks of, oh, that was end of quote, by the way. Um, to me, this, this exactly speaks to why throw pillows matter, for example. Okay, I'm just using that as a metaphor. Um, you know, it does, the, the things that we surround ourselves with and our families with, um, the intention that we put into the the beauty the aesthetics the peace and calm the order and it's hard right now right it's a it is like swimming upstream because we're all home making messes all day i'm not talking about having a perfectly clean home i'm not talking about 
being able to, you know, order your $5,000 sofa that you want. I'm, I'm just talking about, you know, whether you are a college student, whether you are single or married, whether you have kids or don't have kids, whether you're an empty nester um, or a mom of four, like you can be a homemaker, a culture maker. You can put the intention into creating a space that is a refuge, a place of belonging, of beauty, rest, redemption, restoration, instruction, truth, creativity, goodness, perseverance, forgiveness, delight, order, and dignity. A place where we can taste and see the goodness of God, where we can bring order to chaos and rest to the weary, a place that we can open our doors someday to friends, to family, to neighbors, to say, welcome, you matter. How can I love you and serve you and care for you? You guys, that is so important. And then from there, we can go out into the world, right? From there, we can launch out from a solid foundation of home, looking for ways that we can serve, instruct, educate, fight for social justice and political freedom. One does not negate the other. I'm not saying let's, um, you know, batten down the hatches and just like find the perfect curtains and take a picture and post it on Instagram and call it good. Like there is a bigger purpose to all of it, but I just wanted to remind you and me that cultivating a home does matter. And you might feel very weary of that right now. You might feel discouraged. Um, and that's okay. You have good reason probably to feel discouraged because it's hard work. But I just wanted to remind you that it's important work and it is, um, your home is your, it's your domain. It's, it's your, it's your refuge, um, that you have more authority and more influence within the walls of your home than almost anywhere else in the world. Listener, I just want to insert a thought here. This whole question of do throw pillows matter is meant as a metaphor of sorts to point us to the bigger picture of what home really is. I believe that intentionally creating a place of beauty and comfort, celebration, joy, um, even relaxation points us to the truth that God entered the very real physical stuff of the world. I mean, that is like incredible. Um, and that incarnational reality to me transcends, um, you know, just what we consider to be the realm of the spiritual. Um, it, it kind of divide, it, it breaks down the division between secular and sacred. And I think that the, the mundane quotidian stuff of our lives is sacred. Um, I believe that 
creating this, um, when we're crafting a home that's beautiful and full of harmony and just intentional, when we're just thinking about what we want our home to, to feel like, what we want it to look like. And it is so personal and so reflective of your individual personality and your family culture and you know what your kids love, what you love, um, what stage you're at in life. It's, it's like your fingerprint. Um, when we craft this and, and we are working on creating a home where we're investing in people, whether that's preparing a four course meal for your extended family or just offering your toddler a snack and a hug, those are all acts of hospitality and they all point toward the comfort of God and a larger sense of belonging. I think that, um, we can make this this sense of love and belonging tangible in our homes that's the point i'm trying to make here with food with the pictures on our walls with the music that fills our homes with good design with well thought out spaces to relax to laugh to dine together oh god someday to or to have a conversation everything in our homes can be an invitation to something bigger. And this is when a throw pillow transcends being just a throw pillow because it's just a piece of the picture and a small piece of the puzzle that facilitates this larger thing, right? So I hope that is encouraging to you. And I hope that gives you a renewed vision and maybe a renewed motivation for all the things that you're doing within those walls right now. And, you know, if you are obsessing over the right throw pillows, then do it. Go on, (laughs) find the right throw pillows and make your home what you want it to be. Um... I'm excited about having more conversations. I have some upcoming um, discussions. Well, it's more of a, more of a, not, it's not so much a, it's not an interview based discussion, but I did throw out this question and you are invited to participate as well um, in talking about how do you cope? Like, how are you coping this year? And when you find yourself in a negative spiral, a negative place, maybe you're feeling, you know, when you start like, for example, like yelling at your kids or your husband or complaining, what do you do to get yourself out of that? What are some like very practical things that you, that you either do or that you aspire to do because you know that they can help you. How do you get out of that cycle and, um, you know, just break that pattern in the moment? Um, And especially, I think that's such an important question if you do have young kids, because I know personally, and I know that this is true for several um, of my close circle, there is nothing more how do I put this? I think that having young children, being sleep deprived, um, having like such a constant demand on your body, on your brain, on your energy, 
um, it can really lead to a lot of anger. I mean, especially when you don't have an outlet, when you don't have a break, um, it's just, it can be very hard to manage your anger. Um, especially when you have little people who like can't manage themselves and you can't reason with them. So mommy rage is real. And if you're experiencing that, you are not alone. Much ink has been spilled about that. And I would just encourage you to share that with someone in your community that you love and trust and reach out and ask for help when you need it. And you need a break, however you can get it. Um, but I am saying all that because I think it's it can be really helpful to hear from other women what is helpful for them in those moments of just, you know, when we feel like we're spinning out of control. So that's the question. That's going to be probably the next episode. And if you want to weigh in on that question, I would love to hear from you. And I can share anonymously your tips or your advice. And don't be afraid to be like really specific and unique to your situation because Sometimes the more specific we are, the more helpful it is to someone else who maybe never thought about that one thing that you do to help relieve stress. You know, maybe it gives someone else permission to try it. Um, so that's all I have for you today. Um, I hope that was encouraging or something. Okay, friends. Well, I wanted to just, I'll leave you with this one quote that kind of, kind of encapsulates what I um, am trying to say, I guess, in this podcast. Um, this, these words were spoken by the chaplain of Sarah Clarkson's Anglican church when she was at Oxford and he was speaking to a group of students and he just said, the incarnation turns stuff into love. And again, it just brings me back to like, you know, there's a transcendence that can happen um, when our intention and our, our love and our um, attention is, you know, focused rightly. And I think that that plays out in our homes and, um, I'm super excited because I have some good, good conversations coming up with very real and practical ways to, you know, how, like, what does this look like in your home? Like how, how do we make a home that is beautiful? How do we, and it's not, it is not at all about like one aesthetic, um, there are so many ways to do it. And I have some women who are just so gifted in this area that are going to be on the podcast. And I think we're going to have some really good conversations. So stay tuned for that. As always, I love to hear from you. Thank you so much to those of you who reached out to me and, you know, asked, Hey, when are you, when are you going to release another podcast? I can't tell you how encouraging that is. Um, just to know that this is hitting and resonating, um, even if it's just with a few of you, <laughs> but I have a feeling it's with more than a few of you. And, um, I hope that we can just grow this and grow this community. And I really want to, this season, I want to share more stories from other women 
Um, so thanks for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and know a friend who would love it, please, please, please pass it on. Word of mouth is how we can grow this community. Thanks again.